the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. Oh, that was way more stressful than it needed to be, right? Probably lost a couple weeks of our lives watching that one. But how thrilling was it? KC getting the win, coming back from a 3-0 hole, defeating Houston 5-4 in Game 2 of the Best of 5 series at the K as the Royals nod the series up at one game apiece. It's Davo. Glad you are along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation, where we will look ahead and talk all about the matchup on Sunday with Dallas Keuchel, who likely wins the AL Cy Young, who started the All-Star game. He'll be squaring off with Edinson Volquez. We will talk all about it here in just a few minutes. But first, let's get to this wild one and our player of the game, which has to be Salvador Perez. Salvi, two for three with the home run that got the Royals started in the scoring column today. A couple of RBIs, a run scored on that home run, and a walk. And what a key walk that was. We'll talk about that. No, there's no typo. There's no edit I forgot to make. He really did walk today, did Salvi, and a key one at that. But but let's you know go back and not get ahead of ourselves. Like I said, gets the scoring started in a game that seemed way too eerily similar to game one, didn't it? All the way down to the second hitter for Houston, George Springer, drawing an impressive walk. Same exact thing happened today. Astros score again in the first inning, although it's one instead of two on the double from Colby Rasmus, who apparently likes to swing at the first pitch and make good contact. We found that out the hard way the last couple of games. Then you have Houston getting ahead 3-0, just as they did last night before the Royals hit a solo home run. It was very eerie at the beginning and very frustrating. But then Salvi, besides the home run, let's fast forward a few innings, and we'll come back to Johnny Cueto, believe me. But offensively, Salvi draws the huge walk in the sixth inning. So let's go through that frame. So Ben Zobrist against Scott Casimir, who's getting towards the end of his day by then, gets ahead in the count 3-0. You're thinking, wow, the way Zobrist can draw a walk, 3-0 is almost a guaranteed on base, right? Walk and or hit. Probably is on base when he's 3-0. If you look it up, it's like 480 or something ridiculous like that, at least, if not higher than that. Zobrist, though, flies out after Kazmir gets back in the count. So, okay, one out, nobody on. Shoot, you think, right? Royal still trailing 4-2, but no, Lorenzo Kane takes Casimir the opposite way, and the Royals did that a lot today. Doubling to right field, that ends Casimir's day. Oliver Perez comes in. Eric Cosmer, nice piece of hitting with two strikes on him, loops a little ball into left field, opposite field again. Scoring Kane, 4-3 to three now, right? Kendris Morales singles up the middle. Finally, the Royals find a hole. They have first and third with one out when Mike Moustakis draws a nice walk, and that ends the day for Perez. So bases loaded as Josh Fields comes in, not to be confused with Josh Fields, former Royal, former Oklahoma State quarterback, but Josh Fields, the pitcher, comes in to replace Perez. Royals have bases loaded, one out, down one. Salvador Perez comes up. The unthinkable really did happen. Not only was it a walk, not only was it a walk in a potential game situation, clutch at bat by Salvi, it was also a four-pitch walk. How do you throw a four-pitch walk to Perez, you may ask? I'm still trying to figure that out myself. I'm trying to also figure out why pitchers ever give him anything in the middle of the plate, hittable fastballs. They do it over and over, and I can't figure out why. But anyway, he walks and ties the game at four. How about that at bat from Salvi? Huge day for Salvi, like I mentioned. 
Unfortunately, Alex Gordon, Alex Rios, a pair of Alex's strikeout against Fields to end that frame. But it got KC back to even. Kelvin Herrera was nails on the seventh. Of course he was because he pretty much always is. Alcides Escobar ropes a triple into the right center field gap, falling just between center fielder Jake Marisnik and right fielder George Springer. And of course, Ben Zobras with the infield drawn in lines the single up the middle for the game-winning run ultimately. And the Royals' offense is able to overcome another miserable outing by Johnny Cueto. And you may say miserable is a strong word, Davo. He stayed in the game. He threw up zeros in the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Gave the Royals a chance to win. You always hear that. Just give them a chance to win. My response is the same as it was for your Donna Ventura last night. If this were a regular season game, that's fine. Six innings, four runs, the way he did it would be fairly impressive in a regular season game. I'll say that. And I guess you could counter and say, well, isn't it more impressive because of the magnitude of the game? No, not to me. Because Cueto put his team in a deep hole. They were down again before they came to hit. Houston scored in each of the first three innings. Four runs in the first three innings by Cueto, all earned. Just not good enough. Not when you've been consistently bad for the most part over the last six, seven weeks. Not when the Royals gave up five plus years, six in most cases of three pitchers to get him for for this exact game, for this exact reason to lead you through the playoffs. It's just not good enough. The Royals won in spite of Johnny Cueto today, not because of him. And imagine a lot of people are kind of overlooking this. Imagine had the Royals lost this game, four to three, five to four, whatever. People will be asking for Cueto's head, and I'm not going that far, but I've been making excuses for Cueto since he got here. I, you can go back and listen to some of my dishes. Out. Go back if you don't believe me. Go back. I don't know why I'm getting defensive here. No one, sorry. I'm getting a little defensive here about Cueto, but go back and listen to some of the post games when he's pitched. I made plenty of excuses, gave plenty of reasons, was very calm because he deserves that. He's got the track record. No doubt about it. Johnny Cueto, by far the most accomplished starter on this Royals team. There's no arguing that. There's no arguing that he could flip on the switch at one point. But you have to start to wonder if he's totally right physically, right? When he's unwilling to pitch on short rest, as we heard. You know, when he's been struggling for this long. When you hear his former catchers in Cincinnati be interviewed and say, no, we never talked about getting lower as the solution or talk about putting our glove low. It never came up. When you start hearing about that kind of stuff, you just have to put two and two together. Cueto did not look confident. In the second and third innings. He did coming out of the bat, getting Jose Altuve first pitch of the game to pop out to center field. I thought that was a great sign. Saw a little shimmy there to George Springer. He came out confident, but it quickly dissipated. The second and third, he slowed the game to a crawl. Was not confident. Body language not there. To quote the good friend Rex Hudler. It's, it's just frustrating for Johnny Cueto. I mean, I do give him some credit. He did hang in there. So let's give him some credit there to go six. But like I said, the quote-unquote giving your team a chance to win is not going to cut it in the playoffs. It's not going to cut it against Dallas Keuchel on Sunday. It's not going to cut it the majority of the postseason when every run is magnified more, when every team has their starter on a shorter leash, when every team's got a pretty good bullpen, where every team's got a pretty good team, and where the sample size is so small. I mean, it's unfair in some ways, but that's why the Royals got Johnny Cueto. He's an ace. He's going to be judged in the playoffs, and that's why the Royals got him. And very easily, he put his team you know, behind so far today that very easily this could have been his only postseason start had the Royals not come back and won. I believe the Royals will get this to five games now. As I said before the series started, I picked the Royals in five. I'll stick with that. I believe he will pitch again at the K in game five, and the Royals will probably prevail. Eventually, Cueto's going to have a really good start, right? And I'm not saying, when I say really good, I don't mean six innings, four runs, or five and a third, three runs. I mean seven innings, 
two runs. I mean, six innings, one run. That's what I mean by a really good start. I think it's in there at some point, but I'm starting to wonder about the physical stuff. But I digress. At least the Royals came back and won this game. I'm also still very surprised Ned Yost didn't have Danny Duffy up by that third inning. In a game that may as well have been an elimination game for the Royals today. They won it, thank God. And technically it wasn't an elimination game. But to not have Danny Duffy up and not use him in these first two games at all baffles me a bit that the Royals didn't at least have him getting loose, knowing that Cueto's been struggling for so long because there really was no tomorrow if the Royals lost the game. So surprising, you know, in, in one regard, but on another, I guess, Ned is always loyal to a fault with his players, and it normally does work out. He's proven that. So, you know, a tip of the captain Ned Yost today for leaving in Cueto to get through four, fifth, and six because who knows? Maybe he brings in Danny Duffy and Duffy gets lit up. It's not just an automatic no runs because you switch pitchers. I understand that. But I w- just was surprised a bit that the Royals didn't at least get Duffy up. That's all I've got to say about this one as far as the pitching goes. And we did see, you know, quote from Johnny Cueto, quote, postseason is a new season. You're about to see what Johnny Cueto is all about. I hope, man. I really do. Hopefully this is the one bad start for him and he comes back and his nails the rest of the postseason. The Royals need that. So fingers crossed it does happen. I'm not totally giving up on Johnny Cueto, but I'm to the point now where I'm pretty frustrated with it and very disappointed is a way to put it. Now, Scott Casimir, on the other hand, threw a decent game considering how much he's been lit up with the five-plus ERA in the month of September. Five and a third for Casimir, three runs on five hits, did strike out four, allowed one walk. Some good fortune throughout the game. The Royals did sting some balls pretty well again, just like game one. Poor Mike Moustaka stings one to right fielder George Springer against Kazmaier. Does the same thing later on in the game against Tony Sipp. Just ripped the heck out of the ball twice right at the right fielder. I believe he did that last night, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's three ABs where Moose has smashed the ball. So he's getting some good swings. The Royals' offense using the opposite field was key today, obviously. More extra base hits. Just a pretty nice day overall for the Royals' offense. And they were able, with Cueto settling back down, and I will give him some credit for that, and the bullpen doing the job, they were able to get back in this one. Now, one other thing, a lot of people were tweeting me at Royals Clubhouse about Mike Moustakis, and yes, Escobar was going behind him to third base to cover on the bunt. Jake Marisnik runners at first and second, nobody out in the second inning. The bunt's down, should be an out at first. Moose glances at third for just a second. That cost him the play at first. Didn't really end up costing Johnny Cueto a run, however, because he gets Jose Altuve to pop out to Rios. Bases loaded one out. And had Moose gone to first, he got second and third now, right? With two outs. It didn't matter, though, because George Springer singled the next hitter. And I, I'm one who will admit, maybe if Moose makes the play, the whole pitching sequence is different. Maybe everything's different. So maybe, maybe it did indirectly cost him a run, I suppose if you want to go by what I've said in the past. And I have it on record as saying that, that pitch sequences are different when a play happens. Everything doesn't play out the exact same. But just in theory, probably didn't cost them a run there because he was able to, his credit was Cueto, to get Carlos Correa to ground into the twin killing to get the Royals out of that inning with any further damage. So there you go. Royals bullpen, last note in this one. Awesome again. Kelvin Herrera, Ryan Matson, Wade Davis, three scoreless innings, allowing one hit. They missed four bats with the third strike, four Ks, one walk allowed by that trio of Royals relievers. Nice one out at the K. Man, it was more stressful than it needed to be. It would have been nice to come out and throw a zero up in the first inning and get a run up or two up there in the first inning or two, get a nice lead and 
kind of cruise on this one. Didn't happen, but you know what? It was a rewarding win. And thankfully, the Royals have an off day tomorrow. They got into Houston about 1030 tonight, so they'll have a good day and a half to get their bearings back, get rested up, and get ready to go at it again on Sunday afternoon. Chiefs play at noon. Royals at three. Works out pretty well for the Kansas City sports fans, especially if our teams can get a couple W's coming up. On Sunday. So it's Edinson Volquez and Dallas Keuchel. Volquez during the regular season 13 and 9 with a 355. Keuchel 20 and 8 with a 248. Edison Volquez won outing against Houston this year. It was the day that my house almost got taken away by a tornado back on July 1st in Lee Summit. Power went out over here, so I actually missed the majority of that game. I missed about six innings, I believe, of that game. But that was the game where Edinson Volquez came out. I believe he struck out, what, seven of the first nine hitters, I believe it was. Or sorry, seven of the first nine outs on that one. He did strike out eight in his five innings that night, but allowed five runs on eight hits. First three innings were shut out for Volquez back on July 1st there down in Houston with, like I said, eight Ks. But then he got lit up in the fourth and fifth. That was that game where it looked like he might throw a shutout, and then it just fell apart. And we've seen that a few times this year with Volquez. Maybe not quite to that extreme, but you know, several times he gets to the fifth or sixth, allowing one run, and then all of a sudden, uh, before you know it, are four or five spots up there before the Royals can get to their pen. Hopefully that won't happen this time around. The Royals will need a, a great game out of Volquez. Because to me, this game comes down to not so much the Royals beating Keuchel as Volquez giving the Royals a chance to win. There's the dreaded quote-unquote chance to win <laughs> that I just said I don't like. <laughs> Talking out of both sides. I should get into politics. Saying I, I don't like the chance to win, and then all of a sudden saying it's all about a chance to win. All right, nice job, Dave. Solid take. You get what I'm saying, though. Volquez uh, comes out on this one needing to really match Keuchel. The Royals need six-plus innings, maybe seven, six to seven innings of two-run ball out of Volquez. I believe the Royals will find a way to scrape two or three runs in against Keuchel. They have done that once this year. They've seen him twice have the Royals and Keuchel. On June 30th, at home, eight shutout innings for Keuchel against the Royals. Seven hits, seven Ks, and no walks. So a whip of less than one that day. Seven Ks, no walks, seven hits back on June 30th. Keuchel, 15-0 and this year at home. Beat KC that day. How about these home numbers for Keuchel? 15-0 and with a 1.46 ERA. 129 innings for Keuchel, just 87 hits. 139 Ks, so better than a caper inning. And what is that? One, two, that's 42 less hits than innings pitched at home for Keuchel. Wow. And he averages 18 total starts, 15 wins. So three decisions and 15 wins and 18 starts. He averages at home seven and a two-thirds innings. So Keiko's going to throw 125 pitches if he needs to. Because he ain't pitching again in the Astros' mind until the ALCS. He's going all out. He's, he's planning to finish this game. It's his game on Sunday. The Royals are going to have to either beat him by really hitting him hard, or they're going to need Edinson Volkis to be amongst the best he's been all year. But it's playoff baseball, baby. I'd love to see that happen, and I do have a pretty good feeling about Volkis. Now, if you want some good news, the Royals, while they got shut down, as everybody else has, at Houston by Keuchel, they did get to him at the K back on July 26th. Six and two-thirds that day, the Royals tagged him for five runs on ten hits. 5Ks and no walks. So no walks for Keuchel in his two outings against KC this year. But yeah, last time, five runs on 10 hits at the K. Month of September, thanks to one horrible start, his numbers aren't great. I mean, they're good. 3-7-8 in the month of September for Keuchel. But that includes nine runs on 11 hits that they gave up at Texas in four and two-thirds innings back on September 16th. So take out that start. He's probably still pretty good. You know, ERA mid-twos for September. But that does inflate it a bit. It makes, gives you some confidence there. Of course, he did throw, of course, six shutout innings his last start at Yankee Stadium. But I digress. 
key for Sunday needs to be a three to two game. Two to one, three to two, four to three. Because that's going to A, give the Royals the dreaded chance to win, and B, give them the best chance of winning. Royals probably not going to light up Kai Cole, but never say never. David Price got lit up in game one against the Rangers, as he has throughout his postseason career. Look at Clayton Kershaw in the past, and he's down one nothing as I record this. I don't know how he'll end up finishing up tonight. But Aces do struggle, and the Royals do have a history, a recent history in 2015, of beating Aces and hitting them hard. So anything is possible, and they have defeated Keuchel this year. The important thing is the Royals get this, you know, at least one of these next two, obviously. You really want to get that game on Sunday because chances are it's not rocket science. We said whoever wins the first game has a much better chance of winning the series, or at least a better chance, maybe not a much better. Whoever wins that third game in a 1-1 and gets the two games to one lead, obviously, does have a much better chance. The good news, though, is the Royals get Keiko out of the way either way. So he's out, gone at that point. And then you have McHugh, McCullers, or Fires as the two of the three guys that you'd see the remainder of that series. Find a way to win on Sunday. You're looking really good. Even if you lose that, though, the Royals will still be in it because they'll still have a chance to win one game in Houston and get it back to KC with Ventura and Cueto, guys who have definitely upside ace potential at any time they go out there, any given night. And that's good news for the Royals. So nice win to get this series back up and even, keep us Royals fans sane, and give the Royals a, a pretty good chance of moving on, hopefully, as we get to Sunday. It'll be interesting to see what happens on Clubhouse Conversation. Now, we'll be back with you Sunday evening to recap that game and preview game four. We'll also have an interview coming up with Pat Sheridan, who played for the 1985 World Series team. Pat will join us as well on Clubhouse Conversation. So we'll talk to you then. Have yourself a great weekend. Go Royals.